You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, July 1st, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, and today our episode is brought to you by Locked On Fantasy Football. Winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Football. And while you are doing that, also subscribe to this podcast, Locked On Jets, wherever you get your podcasts. If you do that, we'll deliver new episodes to your device as they are posted. And give us a five-star review as well. That helps us out quite a bit. On today's show, we're going to do our weekly mailbag, our first question. One issue that I don't think has gotten enough attention are the risks inherent in trusting a new offense and the development of a rookie quarterback to a 34-year-old offensive coordinator with no NFL coordinator experience, especially since our head coach is a defensive coach. It's not like LaFleur will be doing this under Kyle Shanahan or one of the other great offensive mind head coaches in the NFL. Sure, we have brought in Greg Knapp and others with experience to work under him on the offensive coaching staff, but ultimately this is very much LaFleur's offense, and he has never done this before. What should give us as Jets fans comfort that he is up to this challenge in year one? I think it is very accurate to say that this is a risky hire. And whenever you hire somebody as young and as inexperienced as Mike LaFleur, there is a level of risk to it, certainly. But I think sometimes we make the mistake of viewing the word risky as purely negative. Risky is not negative. Risky means that there could be a good outcome or there could be a bad outcome. And we sometimes I think we forget that there could be a good outcome here. Experience to me is like a means to an end. It's not an end itself. It's not, it's not something that guarantees you're going to be great. And a lack of experience does not necessarily mean that you're going to do a bad job. What exper- where experience matters to me is it teaches you what you need to know to take on a bigger job. And I think everybody has a different learning curve. There are some coaches in the NFL who don't need a lot of experience to move into a bigger job. You know, think about Sean McVay when he got the Washington offensive coordinator job at a young age before he moved to the Rams as head coach. He really did not need a lot of experience. He learned everything very quickly and he was ready to take his own offense. So I think, you know, if you're looking for something positive, LaFleur could be uh, you know, I hate to do this because everybody always, is always looking for the next Sean McVay, and it almost sounds like I'm calling LaFleur the next Sean McVay. But I think it's important to put experience into context. Experience can matter, but it doesn't mean anything. I mean, if you were looking for a guy who has a lot of experience right now, I mean, Adam Gase is pretty good. I mean, he's been the head coach of two teams. He's been the offensive coordinator in multiple spots. Nobody's, nobody wants to hire Adam Gase, and with good reason. Just because you're experienced does not mean you're going to necessarily be good. There are some coaches who could have 30 years of experience. They could they could get as much experience as anybody who's ever coached and they're not going to be up to the job. And there are other coaches, hopefully like LaFleur, who just don't need a whole lot. Now, you know, if you're looking at LaFleur's career trajectory, I think he's earned an offensive coordinator spot. I think he's earned this opportunity. I don't think you can look at this, even though he's young and even though he doesn't have a ton of experience. I don't think you can look at this and say he's grossly unqualified inexperienced maybe but not unqualified you know he's worked his way up he's learned from one of the best offensive minds in the NFL no Kyle Shanahan will not be here to oversee things 
but he's learned from Kyle Shanahan. And he's earned this job. He's earned the opportunity to go off on his own because he's worked his way up under Kyle Shanahan. So the next step is him getting his own offense. And now we'll get to see what he can do. You know, the other thing is that there have been some pretty massive strategic shifts in the NFL over the last decade to decade and a half on the offensive side of the football. The the offensive schemes in the NFL have evolved at a really large, at a great rate. There, there's been a lot of change in the NFL over the last 10 to 15 years in the way offenses are run in a way that was not true. I mean, I could think you could maybe go back to the previous 30 years. There may, have, there may be more change in the NFL in the last 10 years than there was in the 30 years before that. You know, you've seen so many different things, so many different concepts come into the NFL, whether you're talking about teams playing with tempo, spreading the field, RPOs coming into play, the quarterback in the run game. There have been massive, massive changes to the way NFL offenses run. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that you have somebody young. You know, if you get somebody more experienced, there's it's kind of a double-edged sword because, yes, you get somebody who's run an offense in the past, but they may be set in their ways. They may be resistant to change because they've always done things another way for so long. So the flip side to the inexperienced argument is that young, you know, younger coaches might be a little bit more receptive to try and find the latest innovation on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I go back to when the Jets were looking for a head coach. And, you know, I was I did not care whether it was an offensive coach or a defensive coach. I did not care the background the head coach had. What I cared about was who they were going to put in charge of each side of the ball. And on the offensive side of the ball, whether it was a head coach or whether it was a, you know, a def- whether it was a guy who had an offensive background or whether it was a defensive minded coach who was going to hire a coordinator the guy I wanted running the Jets offense would be somebody young somebody who has come from an innovative background which I think you could argue LaFleur has I mean I don't I understand the concerns I think every coach you could hire was is going to have positive traits and negative traits every coach is going to have certain traits that make you optimistic and certain traits that make you a little bit worried and for LaFleur, yes, the, I think the lack of experience is one of the negative traits. It's one of the things that makes you worry a little bit. But ultimately, to me, this is a risk worth taking. It does not guarantee things are going to work out. But one thing I've learned in the NFL, it's not really about experience. It's about, it's about what you're capable of doing. And ultimately, I think that if Michael LaFleur is ready for this job, you know, if he's, if he's proven that in this quick time, he's learned everything he needed, he needs to know to be an offensive coordinator and a successful one in this league, his lack of experience is really not going to matter that much. You know, it's, there are no guarantees. Whenever you bring anybody to a new job, whenever you raise anybody to a different level, there's always some risk involved. It doesn't matter how good they look on paper. I mean, I can name you coach after coach. I can name you executive after executive who looked like a great hire on paper, who ended up just not being able to move to the next level. It happens, but I was pretty excited with this hire, even acknowledging that this is not a, you know, there, there's not going to be a home run hire on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I think that ultimately maybe that's something that can bond the Zach Wilson and Mike LaFleur. The fact that they're both stepping into these new roles in the NFL with this new team, you know, sometimes that can, that can come into play. I mean, I think that there are things to be excited about. I understand the concern, but don't let the concern override all of the potentially positive aspects of this hire. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast doing our weekly mailbag show. Our next question, if there's a game where Mekhi Becton cannot go at some point this year, who will the left tackle be? Will it be Morgan Moses or George Fant? Now, this is an interesting question. And to be honest with you, this is just an educated guess on my end because the Jets have not really given us any indication how things are going to work out. And I think that there's a third option you could throw in there. It's also possible depending on how good he looks in the early going, in the early stages of, of his career. There's been talk that Elijah Vera Tucker, in a pinch, might be able to move out to tackle. You know, he may not be the guy you want at tackle for 16 games, but over a short stretch, there's some speculation that maybe he'll be capable of moving out to tackle for a stretch. But my guess is that it's going to be George Fant, and this is why. Because if you move somebody like Morgan Moses, or even if you move Elijah Vera Tucker out to left tackle, then that means you're essentially changing two spots because you're moving Moses from right tackle to left tackle, and you have to put somebody new at right tackle. Whereas if you just put George Fanton at left tackle, you're not displacing anybody else. You're, you're, the majority of your line is remaining in place. You still have four of the five starters playing in the same spot, and that means that you still have the chemistry between the right tackle Moses and the right guard who I presume will be Greg Van Roten and chemistry can be really important you've got to know what the guy next to you on the offensive line is doing so that's my guess and George Fant also has experience playing left tackle you know I said this the other day when I discussed the signing of Morgan Moses Fant is an ideal swing tackle he's he's an ideal guy to be the primary back up at both left tackle and right tackle. The only issue with Fant is the price. He's just getting paid too much for that job, but that's a sunk cost. That's something the Jets will just have to live with. He's shown an ability to, you know, play decently at times at, at left tackle and right tackle. So my guess is that it's going to be Fant. Um, you know, I could be wrong on that. Again, the Jets have not really given us much of an indication on how things would go. My guess is just Fant based on the idea that you don't want to dis- displace multiple players on the offensive line we'll see you know hopefully we won't see hopefully Beckton plays all 16 all 17 games this year but that's just my guess right now next question any info coming out from the Jets about Bryce Huff he played well last year on limited snaps and was an undrafted free agent but I thought he had a lot of potential due to his quick twitch natural ability I think in context for a guy who was an undrafted free agent you know Huff played okay he had decent moments he had some pressures here and there I think with all of the additions on the defensive line he's probably sliding into the correct role for him which is like a depth player who you know plays a couple snaps a game and you know you know, he, he won't need to preserve any energy he can kind of go all out when he's on the field you know if you're playing a lot of snaps maybe you can't give full effort on every play because you have to pace yourself a little bit Huff might be the kind of guy where you can get a little extra out of him because he'll play limited snaps I mean I think he's okay 
I think he'll, he'll have a role on this team as a backup. I, I don't know that I have expectations beyond that, but a guy who's a decent backup for an undrafted free agent, that's a pretty good outcome I, in my book, at least. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to act like I'm downplaying Huff because I think if he gives you what he gave you last year, that's not bad. I mean, you can live with that. I think Huff is like one of those guys who is a real bargain on his rookie contract because most most players on rookie contracts, most minimum wage type players don't give you anything. So Huff giving you a little bit, Huff providing you some depth. That's that's kind of like a, that's kind of like found money. You know, he might be not be the kind of guy who ever gives you value on a second contract, but for a first contract that's not bad. Our next question, do you envision any recent Jets head coaches being given another chance at being a head coach in the NFL? Well, I think there's one guy who's the leader of the pack, and that's Todd Bowles, because he's gone back. He's obviously had success as a coordinator. He's now been the coordinator of a Super Bowl champion. And the other aspect of that is I get the feeling the perception around the league, especially after the Adam Gase experience, especially after the dysfunction that followed Bowles' departure. And I'm not saying this is necessarily accurate because I don't think Bowles did a good job as head coach here. I think he did. In fact, I think he did a bad job as head coach here, but I think the perception around the league after Bowles goes to Tampa Bay, coaches up a Super Bowl winning defense after the Jets are totally dysfunctional after he leaves, I think the perception is going to be, well, there was a terrible situation with the Jets. Nobody could, nobody could have won there. I think it's going to be very easy for teams to make that excuse if they want to hire Todd Bowles. You know, if you look at his past failure, well, Jets were a mess. You can't blame Bowles for that. I don't think that's necessarily accurate. I think Bowles had a lot to do with the Jets not being a very good team during his four years here. But I think that that's, that might be the way teams view it. So I think Todd Bowles is, is far and away the most likely past Jets head coach to get another job in the league. I mean, I think Adam Gase, you can forget about it. It would, be, first of all, be an impossible sell to any fan base. But beyond that, Gase has shown he's not head coaching material in the league. You know, you look before that. I, I don't know if anybody's going to give Rex a job right now. I mean, I think Rex and, you know, Rex has been out of the NFL a pretty long time at this point. And the same goes for Eric Mangini. The same goes for Herm Edwards. So, I mean, look, you never rule anything out. I mean, if Adam Gase can get a second chance in the NFL with the Jets, anything's possible. I mean, maybe he can get a third chance or maybe one of these other guys who's been out of the NFL for a long time can get another job. But I think clearly, you know, you look at this, you have a bunch of, you have Adam Gase, who's pretty much persona non grata. <laughs> and then you have a bunch of guys who've been out of the NFL a long time. The By, by far the most likely coach to get another, another chance will be Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator of the reigning Super Bowl champions. Built's Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These may be protein bars, but they taste like candy bars. They're delicious. They're covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And they're healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five. For 15% off at Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R dot com. This is the Locked on Jets podcast on our weekly mailbag show. Our next question, how are you doing, John? What a nice question. It's nice to know that somebody cares about me out there. I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm enjoying my summer. I have a few trips scheduled. 
And before you know it, we'll be back in our normal format doing daily shows Monday through Friday each week around the time training camp begins. I may even take you with me. I'm planning a road trip in California in August, but we'll be doing daily shows then because training camp will be underway. So, So maybe I'll give you updates on where I am if I actually go on this road trip. But thank you for asking. I'm doing very well. I'm enjoying the summer, and I hope you're doing well out there as well. Our next question, is Morgan Moses the best June acquisition the team has made since Pete Kendall? And of course, the Jets signed Pete Kendall back in 2004. And if you're looking for a parallel, I think if you're if there's something you're hoping Morgan Moses will be, it's it'll be like the Pete Kendall signing because Pete Kendall really stabilized the, the Jets' offensive line that year. He was he was a guard the Jets signed, and he really took that line to the next level. And I think we're all hoping Morgan Moses does the same thing. Now I'm always hesitant to declare any signing a success before the player sets foot on the field for the Jets because, I mean, I was the guy who was going around talking about how great the Ryan Khalil signing was a couple of years ago. I think it is because, like, I can't think of many other prominent June signings. You know, even if you go back through other signings the Jets have made in August that were prominent in recent years, Khalil was at the beginning of August. Ty Law was in August back in 2005. I know it wasn't a signing, it was a trade, but the Favre trade was made in August. So I, I think it is because I can't come I can't come up with many other significant June signings. So I would say yes. Next question. Hi John, which slot receiver from Jets present and past would you pick? Jamison Crowder, Jeremy Curley, or Jericho Cotchery? I probably a little biased, but I think I would have to go with Kachery. I just love that guy. I mean, he was so tough. And of course, there was the famous play. I mean, there was the, there was one play that defined Jericho Kachery. It was that play in Cleveland where he hurt himself and he was kind of hobbling around. And then he realized that he could get back in the play. So he ran a route and made a diving catch, even though even after suffering what was clearly a painful injury that knocked him out of that game. I'd have to go with Kachery. But I think objectively even you I still would go with Kotri because he's the only guy from that group who had a thousand yard season he could also play outside I think better than Curly or Crowder could I think if you asked if you asked me to rate them I'd say Kotri one Crowder two Curly three that I think that would be my rank I think Kotri though would have to be number one part of that is my bias because I love Jericho Kotri so much I mean, just just a great homegrown jet but I think if you know, if you look at the numbers if you look at the capabilities Katri, I think, would have to win that discussion. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.